Hello, and welcome to MU Inked, a podcast dedicated to the stories behind people's tattoos. I am your host, Dr. Matt Walsh. I'm an assistant professor of social work here at Marion University, and I don't have any tattoos. And I'm the guest, Dr. Maril Doviedo. I am the curriculum director for the communication department. I'm also the director of student media and the faculty advisor for this here siren. And I have one tattoo. All right. So in this podcast, we get to hear from students and faculty and staff as they talk about their tattoos, the meaning behind them, and what led them to get their tattoos, as well as a bunch of other fun details and tidbits along the way. So today we get to talk to Dr. O, and we get to hear about her tattoo. So before we get even into that, tell me a little bit about the podcast here that we're currently on, because you're the head of it, aren't you? Do you want the whole history of this? Because I can. As when I was brought in four and a half years ago, one of the things that they wanted me to do was to build up a student media department. So we started building up a news source. We're trying for a newspaper. Students were like, what even is a newspaper? Mm -hmm. But they're like, okay, we can go online. We can do things for TikTok and Instagram and stuff, and then we can post it online. So we developed that enough that when we brought in Dr. Liu as another professor of communication, he became head of that. But also a big part of that was sometime a year and a half ago, I was like, well, you know what was really fun about my experience as a student was being in a radio station. And so I brought it up and it came up and we started The Siren, which is a student-led radio station slash podcasting network because it turns out a lot of students don't really vibe with the radio station stuff. A lot of them do, but most of them are like, I want to start a podcast. And so we've been having this for credit hour class that they can take where they can develop their own podcast and we give them the technology. We also give them brief overviews of how to use the technology and allow them the freedom to do podcasts about anything that they want. Or if like they don't have a story idea, they want to do that as well. But another big part of that was, well, I want to extend this offer for podcasting and even for DJs to faculty and staff to use this room and be able to create this and use this resource to the best of our ability. So we've been reaching out to faculty and staff here at Marion about, well, you want to start a podcast about something? And we reached out to you and you said, I would really love to do a podcast about tattoos. I was intrigued. I was like, absolutely, let's make this happen. And here we are. Well, and I love that, too, because being in here also reminds me of my college days, too, when we had a radio station. Now, my school was small. We weren't on the actual radio. We were on, like, the campus TV, mm. which I don't even know if stuff like that exists anymore. We had, like, the movie channels, like, channel, like, 23, and then we had, like, the radio stations, like, channel 20, Very and cool. you could, like, have that on, like, just on campus. If you went off of campus, you weren't going to get it, but just on campus, you could have that, and we had music shows. I ran it for a couple of years, and somebody had, like, a relationship call-in show, which was kind of hit or miss because people mm. weren't always calling in. Mm-hmm. No, I really enjoy this. I like this space. I'm glad that we have this capability at Marion to do this. And it's fun just to talk to people about stuff. Yeah, and I think it's a really good outlet for students and faculty and staff as well. But I think for students in particular, especially those that are getting majors in, I need to take this many classes per semester. And I don't know if you notice this about students here at Marion, but they are some of the most overcommitted bunch I've ever met in my life. I was like, I, in my life, I was never the student, but they are involved in so many clubs and they have so many obligations and they're working full time and going to school. So a lot of things. And I wanted them to have an outlet where it still counts towards their degree, but also be creative, be expressive, do stuff that might seem dumb to other people, but that you find exciting and interesting because 
if all you do is work, 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 then there's no creative expression of freedom. And I wanted the same opportunity for faculty and staff as well. No, I think it's fantastic. I think it's really, where else can you do this? Especially like for our students. This is one of the great things about college is you get to do things that you maybe wouldn't otherwise get to do. And it's like, we're also going to do like a podcast where you have this like really nice equipment in this really nice room and like people that will like edit for you or teach you how to edit. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you've got some people doing it in their closets or whatever it may be. But like, no, you get to come here and have a nice space. and yeah, like you get soundproof to do room and uh, like really, really nice mics that I agonized over. And but yeah, let's make it happen for students. And one of the big things in media that has always sort of stuck with me, and one of the reasons why I'm even a professor is this idea that technology isn't for some people or that media isn't for some people. And there's always seems to be like a barrier to entry for, say, you are someone that isn't really techno savvy and you'd be like, I'm super creative and I want to create things. And for a long time, the thought process was, I can't do that because look at all the technological aspect things. You kind of feel like an imposter thing. And I don't want students to feel that. I want students to be like, hey, this is actually fairly easy. The hurdles are easier than ever to get through. The barrier to entry is easier than ever to get through. We have a radio station, but we don't have like an FCC license. We can actually shoot video next door, but we don't have like big camera equipment because of the way that technology works now, the barrier to entry to actually use technology to express yourself, to participate, to create content is less than ever. And I want students to be part of that. But that isn't what the show's about. Obviously, this is a podcast, so it's audio, but I can tell you're passionate about it. And hopefully it comes out in your voice too, but it's definitely coming out in like arms and your facial yeah. expressions. So I do the same thing. I had a student tell me the other day, like, I always tell when you're excited because you get really moving around with your hands and your body. I'm like, oh, that's very true. But you are right. So we did come here to talk about tattoos, although I love talking about people's stories and everything like that. So again, the focus of this show is to talk about tattoos. So start me off, you said you have one tattoo. What is it? I have a tattoo. Uh, it's in my back, and it's a Chinese symbol. I hope it's a Chinese symbol. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you like think about it, and it's like, what if this actually says something else? But it's a Chinese symbol for the word strength mm-hmm. or strong. I got it in my back, and then a few years later, I have a disc thing for my back, so I had to get surgery. And so when the surgeon actually put the scar from my back, it actually is like right next to the tattoo. And then afterwards, he's like, I didn't want to like cover the tattoo. So we went a little further. So the tattoo stayed. And I was like, that's really cool because it's strong. And you can see the scar if you look at it. But also you see the tattoo and the tattoo isn't like covering it because both of those things are super important. That's really thoughtful of that doctor. too. I know. I was super in pain. I was like, whatever. I wasn't really thinking about it, but it was super, super thoughtful of that doctor to do that. So how old were you when you got the tattoo? I was... A freshman in college, so 19, 18, 19 or so, because I went to college at Texas Tech University as an undergrad. That's a big school. It's mm-hmm. like 40,000 students. And, you know, you try to find your place in the world and you're trying to do that. So I was like around that time and I remember getting it on a lark with some friends, like some people that were living in the same dorm room as I was. Okay, yeah. So I was going to ask like kind of what led up to it. So just one of your friends being like, hey, let's go get tattoos and then... Did you know you were going to get one when you were on the way to the tattoo So do you want the PC story or the real story? I'll take either. I feel like you're the head of this, so you can kind of tell. We can edit it if we need to. (laughs) But okay, so the real story is a lot of this was done while I was drinking something that I should not have at my age. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this was done as like a freshman who wanted to find a place in the world and really didn't even know the people all that well. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those, oh, I guess you're on my floor, so let's actually, like, talk and hang out. So we were hanging out in one of the main living areas of our dorm room, and we were just talking about, man, how cool tattoos are. And and this was about, like, a while ago, at least a decade ago. So a lot of this is hazy, but I remember thinking, 
okay, we're all going to get tattoos. And I know that one of the girls, I can't remember any of their names, which is also ridiculous. <laughs> but one of the girls was, I want to get tattoos. Do you want to come with me? And it became sort of like a group think thing. It's like, yeah, we're going to go do it. And then, you know, you're feeling it, you're vibing, you're enjoying life, you're young. And then you go and you get it. But it wasn't like, oh, hey, I have a plan. I'm going to go get a tattoo. It was more like, this girl's getting a tattoo. She was super important to me at the time. I can't remember her name. Yeah. But this girl was getting a tattoo. Let's all go and support her. And then it ended up being like, well, we're here. So, Did everyone get a tattoo then that I went? think it was like three of oh. us, three of like six of us. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so. so tell me about the actual tattoo itself. Did that have meaning or was it just kind of flipping through a book? No, no, no. I do remember thinking, you know how sometimes you think about doing things and you think about them but not in the sense where I actually have a plan to do it, but more in the sense of like, if I ever do this, yeah. it was one of those type of situations where I remember thinking, well, it can't be like a butterfly because I feel like those are super, super common at that time. It can't be something that, I mean, they have to be meaningful in some way, right? Be or I guess they don't have to, but at least you would like them to be meaningful because they are permanent or semi-permanent. You can remove them, but they're a permanent fixture. I was... One, trying to figure out who I was, figuring out who I was in terms of college, figuring out who I was in terms of my identity. And then I had imposter syndrome. I was like, do I even belong here? And so all this sort of stuff was filtering in my head. And I just kept thinking about if I'm going to actually get a tattoo one day, it needs to represent the belief that I have that I can actually do this. And so for me, I didn't know what that looked like. Maybe like, I don't know, a fist. Mm -hmm. just trying to figure that out. But like, I knew that I needed to be something that was hopeful and that was aspirational and something that said something about not any potential failures that I perceived myself as having, but a way to sort of think about I can actually achieve these goals. And regardless of this imposter syndrome, regardless of this idea that maybe I'm not smart enough or good enough or whatever it is to be in college, I think maybe I can make this happen. I didn't know particularly what I wanted to get, but I know it had to be aspirational. It had to be yeah. that. This is where it's like, oh, Chinese symbols make sense in that way because it's one thing that can mean that you wouldn't necessarily get the word like strength yeah. on you. Like it seems mm -hmm. odd, but a symbol to symbolize that makes sense. Then. Yeah. And I wonder how like if you are Chinese and that's your primary language, I wonder how you think about that. Because like for them, it's like, yeah, this is just the word strength. But for yeah. me, it's like it looked interesting. The language itself looked beautiful. But because not everyone could see it, it wasn't so overt and obvious. Mm -hmm. So that was my next question, too. Was there a deliberate choice to do it on your back? And, like, was it so that some people wouldn't see it? Yes. At that time, it was like, I'm not going to get something that will potentially cost me a job or cost me an opportunity. So I'm not going to get something, like, on my forehead or, like, my neck or where people can see it because I don't know what I'm going to do. But I know that, at least at that time, the idea was that tattoos were cool and dangerous, but also maybe not as professional yeah. as you would want it to be. Yeah. So I wanted somewhere where I could cover it up. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. I feel like it definitely has changed. I think there's still some avenues or some professions that it's like, hmm, like, I don't know if I'd get that. Or like, I don't mm -hmm. know about this person because they have this. But I think for sure it definitely has changed. It's a super interesting thing if you think about it, because I do a lot of research and thinking about identity and how we understand our identity and the ways in which we visually display what we want other people to think of us. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do, and excuse me if I'm rambling, but I was talking about this in class, we we're talking about subcultures, in particular like music subculture, so like punk mm -hmm. and like emo. Or even there was a group in the 60s in England that were called the Teddy Boys, mm -hmm. and their version of like trying to stand out and be part of a particular group was 
they listened to some rock music, but they dressed very fancy and they did their hair up really fancy, like the pomodoro type of look. But like ways of how do I express who I am in a way that is trying to resist what my common culture is? Like how do I stand out in terms of my culture? And so one of the things that we end up doing is like, hey, the way that we dress or the way that we wear our hair or even like how we talk, all these sort of things that we do to visually communicate to other people, this is who I want you to perceive me as. And so I think tattoos are in that sense of like, I want you to perceive me as someone that has a tattoo, mm-hmm. which means something. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what that something means. It's like, but yeah, I want you to perceive me. Yes, I have a tattoo or I have six or I have seven and they become markers. And then it becomes about they are visual displays on your body that you want other people to see that showcase who you are. Or you don't want people to see, but you still want to be able to tell them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or a select people yeah. to see. And that makes total sense. It's been really interesting doing this podcast. So far, I've interviewed students, and they've gotten it around the same time that you did. And I always ask, like, what was the reaction from people? And they talk about their friends having a reaction, and they talk about their parents. I'm curious if you can remember back. What was oh. the initial reaction? Let's just even go with the friend group first. Okay. Well, the friend group was fine with it. like Because, again, I was... I had a very particular sort of friend group as I was moving towards college and away from high school. And so my initial friend group consisted around people that lived in the small town that weren't necessarily going to college at the same time, but they were very different than the people that I met in college. So this was my first semester in college, so I really didn't know these people all that well. And most of them were there with me, so they were super supportive. But my friend groups at home, I remember just being like, oh, that feels too risky. And it was very like, oh, Marilla, they were talking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marilla, like, how dare you? Like, what is going mm-hmm. on? And what will your parents say and all this stuff? But like, at that time, I think it was sort of freeing in a sense. And I really didn't care all that much because yeah, I cared what they thought. But I didn't really like take it into account that much or took it personally because I was like, well, no, this is me figuring out who I am and exploring and doing stuff with my identity. And I did it in such a way where... I could cover it up. Well, so what did your parents say? So I never told them. I think they know by now. I feel like it's been, <laughs> it's been long enough. And I do remember my little sister, who's 10 years younger than me at the time, seeing it. And the reason that she saw it is because I was getting out of the car and then my, my shirt rode up. And then, so she saw it in my back. She's like, but I you have a tattoo. And then we started talking about that. And then my stepmom was in the car. And so she found out about it. I tend to do this a lot. I never like tell people. It's like, well, do you care? It's not your business. But I never explicitly told them. So I have no idea. Maybe I can share this podcast with them and be like, hey, mom, dad. Here we go. Here we go. Like at this point, what are they going to do? They're not going to ground you. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would be fine. That's so interesting, though, because, like I said, I've been doing this podcast with students so far, and that has been a common thing of people not telling their parents initially. They obviously telling their friends and doing things, but like being 18, 19, in some cases, maybe even slightly younger, and just not telling their parents. Yeah, it's a thing I think you do for you. It's a thing for you to figure out and stand out. So that definitely seems like a thing that is almost like a part of you finding yourself, finding where you are. And so far, the tattoos have been very meaningful that people get, but personal too. And it's something that maybe that's part of finding yourself as an 18, 19 year old too, Mm -hmm. is that you do it for yourself, you do it with friends, and then your parents don't get to know right away because that's where they are in your life right now. Yeah, I know. I've heard your podcast. And I know that there's somewhere, oh, I'm sharing this tattoo with my parents or like we're doing something similar. And you can see how it could be a bonding experience. But I think at this time in your life, this is where you are trying to figure out who you are outside of that. Who am I outside of this family relationship that I built? Who am I if it's just me? 
So no one knows me. Think about like if you go to high school, who am I in the context of being separate from this social setting or this community? And how do I stand out and how do I represent myself? And so the first thing maybe that a lot of people are thinking of doing is how do I demonstrate that I'm my own person? Or how do I demonstrate it in something that doesn't necessarily have to be filtered through my parents and has to be talked about and has to be decided on, this is something I'm doing just for me. Something else that I haven't asked other people yet, but this question came up of like, if you could go back and do it again, would you or would you do anything differently? So here's the thing. I think I would do the exact same thing because like that's where I was in my life. That's what I needed to do in my life to try to establish the sense of like I can actually do this. And maybe I could have done it differently. Maybe I could have like, I don't know, wrote in an inspirational like notebook or something or but that's the way that I chose to do it. And it wasn't the only thing, but it was a constant reminder for me of, yeah, okay, you actually believe you can do this thing. So for me it was it was aspirational and it was something that I drew on for strength. As someone who gets to interview people about tattoos now, I get to do something a little different with you because it's been a little bit longer since you have it. So I'm really curious of has the meaning behind that tattoo, how has that progressed over the course of your life or how have you looked at it differently from a 19-year-old to where you are today? At least initially, it was about I can be in college Mm -hmm. and I can do this thing. But when I got my surgery, it changed the meaning completely and it became about no, I get that like you had this disc and you have like this thing and you were in a lot of pain, but look, you got through it. And so it became more about that. And I think that's also why I find that the scar next to it changed the meaning of it. So it's about both of those things now. I mean, I think everybody still has imposter syndrome in one sense or the other, but it isn't even about that anymore. It's about, no, you can do hard things, right? You can get through this thing. And I had to go through a lot of physical therapy and I couldn't walk. So I had to learn to walk again. It was like a whole like six months while I was writing my dissertation, by the way. Oh, gosh. Uh, Six months of like hell, basically. Yeah. And like, well, how did this happen and how am I going to get through this? But again, it became less of like overcoming the feeling that I couldn't make it in school because I wasn't smart enough to know you can do the things that you need to do in order to get to a position where you are walking again, to get to a position where you can lead a normal life, where you don't have to use a cane or a wheelchair and all that. stuff. So it became a lot more about that than it became about the other thing. I find that really interesting and almost like a sign of like a really good tattoo that is able to like go along with you on this journey of your life and find a new way to have meaning or mean something different mm-hmm. while still kind of meaning the same thing. It's still that strength. I think imposter syndrome is really interesting, especially like you went to school for a very long time and then did the very hard things of getting that PhD and dissertation. But we still have that imposter syndrome sometimes. Yeah. So have a tattoo that can mean different things along your way, but kind of still in that same theme of like strength and you can do hard things, but the hard things change because your life changes. To answer like the question previously where you asked, well, would you go back and change? And I think that's one of the interesting things about this tattoo is because the meaning wasn't like, I'm going to date this. And this is about this specific moment in time, which I hear stories about tattoos where they're about that. I don't want to remember this moment in particular, but this isn't what this tattoo was. And because it was more fluid than that. So it's growing with me. It's, it's super fascinating. And now, I mean, yes, absolutely. It changed to be the tattoo and the scar. But now going through life and going through the things that you go through, going through your job and going through the stresses of your job and thinking, well, I have this thing. 
and it reminds me that I've gone through this stuff before and that I can actually do things. So it helps me in that sense. And something else that I find really interesting is just how things happen in life, right? So you were assigned the dorm that you were. People were just randomly on this floor. You have it. That person comes in to say one day, I'm going to get a tattoo and you're going to go and support. And you're like, you've thought of it and now you're doing it, right? And then you pick that symbol and you pick that location. And I don't know if it's like in the center of the back or like if it was in a different spot then that scar wouldn't be right next to it. If you had a doctor that was like, well, this is where I need to operate. I'm cutting right here. I don't care about this tattoo. Then you get it through a line. And maybe that comes a different meaning. But because of all these little seemingly random things, now we can make meaning out of those. And it's a nice story. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. And I think that's what tattoos should maybe do for us is like tell us a story about you in like a visual form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have one other question I've been asking everybody, and I might ask it slightly differently too, but... If you could give a tattoo to anybody in your life, whether that's somebody on campus or someone in your family, and they had to get it, right? Like, what would you pick and, like, where and why? Mm. Am I treating this seriously or is this a joke? I was thinking when I proposed this, I was like, it would be really cool if you talked to my sister because my sister has four or five tattoos, but one of the ones that she got, she got after she had her baby girl, and it's like angel wings on her back, and like the story that she tells about that. So for her, she can tell very specifically, here's this tattoo I want to get. And I remember a conversation I had with her where we're like, I wonder what our dad would look like if he got a tattoo. Like, because my dad doesn't. Like, it feels like, what would that mean for him? And what do we perceive as something that is meaningful enough for him to get on -hmm. his body? which is really what it is, right? It's like, how do we perceive something, again, if we're treating this seriously, that will matter to him and how that might actually differ if he had to get a tattoo and he was the one that was deciding versus us deciding. Um, But us deciding if he got a tattoo, if my dad got a tattoo, I think he would get, wow, this is hard. You know, you want to say things like, well, he would get like a tattoo of our family somehow. And my dad's a great dad. My dad loves us very much and he's a good dad. But he had me in particular when he was like 21, so fairly young, and he mm-hmm. didn't know what he was doing. And I remember as an adult, you have these type of conversations. I remember as an adult, I remember him saying, I'm so sorry for all the mistakes I made when I was younger. Mm. I was like, oh, that's, you know, you're a kid, you don't know any better. But like in context, you're like, yeah, okay, I can see that. And thank you for apologizing to me. And like, for me, it feels like not enough parents do that. Not enough parents are like, well, hey, you know, we tried, uh, but of course we made mistakes. So it would have to be something that symbolized his growth as a father. Like that's the weird thing is because I am thinking of the tattoo that I want to get for me about him as opposed to like a tattoo that he would get. So like it would have to be something about how he's a dad going with maybe the theme of language in some sort of language, something like, I don't know, wisdom or something along those lines that represent how his journey has gone through in terms of his role as a father. I don't know what that looks like. I'm, yeah. That's the extent of what I have. No, that's good. That's really nice. Can I ask a question? So you don't have a tattoo. No. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Do, I think because I can't think of anything that I want to permanently be on me. Like I'm not invested enough. And like, I'm like almost 40. I'm like, I've been through it. Like I've been through a lot of my life. I haven't done it yet. My wife actually just got one. And so that kind of started to some conversations. But I think I just am like, mm, like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I think when you talk to a little bit about like, you know, expressing to people, 
I think I, I don't know if I do that all that much. Or like, I'm like, I think internally a lot. And so I'm like, I don't need a lot of external stuff, but I find some things interesting. I could definitely see myself getting like a couple of things, but I don't know if I actually would really want them my whole life. And so that's kind of why I don't. Yeah. So one. thinking about, I feel like it's, it's a young person's thing. I'm sure obviously there are people that aren't young that get it, but I feel like it's a young person's thing. It's, it's that moment when you're trying to find yourself where you are the most likely to get it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you're finding a lot of college students that do it. Yeah. Because it's, well, yeah, I don't know. My daughter wants me to change one of my questions to be, what tattoo should I get? And then she's like, and then you need to like put out a survey and have everyone like vote, and then you have to get it. And yeah. I was like, that seems like a lot. Crazy, but awesome. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I was just wondering, because I know that you think about it. I was like, well, what, what is it about this that interests you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see it. Well, thank you so much for sharing about everything, about the podcast, about your tattoo, about your family. And so as people are listening, if you yourself have a tattoo or a really good story behind it, reach out and you can be on this show and we can hear about you and come to this really nice studio and talk about your tattoo and the meaning behind it. So just thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.